and welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. If you are new to our channel, make sure you are subscribing, smash a like and comment your thoughts in the comment section down below. So, predicted lineup, we are edging closer to the match day now. Our build-up of Nottingham Forest is in full force. We have got the opposition preview out tomorrow. Press conference reaction will be out on Friday and then fan cams will be out after the game on Saturday. So, Justin, you okay? Yes, very good. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to this. Hopefully not too difficult one to do this one this week. Yeah, might as you will right, see. Might, might do, but as you will see, Justin is now fully in HD. He's got a new a new little bit of kit. If any of you uh, follow him on TikTok, you'll notice he's uh, upping his content on TikTok. So make sure you go and give Justin uh, a follow on TikTok. So, yeah. Are you enjoying creating a bit of content? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's great. Now I can see this. I've got HD nose. Look, me a spot on my nose. Yeah, it's great, mate. <laughs> yeah, got. I, I, I just like talking. I think that's my thing. I like talking. I like talking about Villa. So yeah, it's just really interesting. And these little, I've always been a bit of a tech uh, nerd, I suppose you'd call it. So yeah, this little bit of kit has definitely. Uh, it's been great to learn how to use it. But yeah, I've just realised. Well, to be honest, it's your fault. I realise I can use it as a webcam, so it's upped, upped my <laughs> HD face. So hopefully they don't put yeah. people off to dinner. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, he, he showed me this camera and it's it's proper good. And now he's he's got me and I'm like, I'm that close <laughs> to getting myself one now. So, I knew it would happen. Um, yeah, so I'm close to buying one. So, right, so enough waffling. Predicted lineup, And then we're going to go into um, something a bit different towards the middle to end of this episode as well. So uh, we're going to have a real good chat about football. So predicted lineup time then, Justin. I think this one is going to be pretty easy to predict, I would imagine. Do you do you agree? Yeah. I mean, obviously, with the injuries and everything, we, we, I'm not going to say we're down to bare bones. That's, I think that's unfair on the players that are on the bench because I think there's a few of them there that could definitely do a job for us over the next few games. But I think given the importance of the next couple of games and, and, and the definite importance of getting six points out of the next two games puts in a good position, I don't think he's got a lot. I, mean, I suppose the left-back option, we'll get into that, uh, is a definite option. But there's one or two positions where you could chop and change it, but I think 95% of the team picks itself now, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Especially for where we are with the squad as a whole. And so I'll kick the defence off then um, and we'll go with this defence then. Uh, we'll find Longley and we'll go Moreno. You think Moreno's starting again? I, I, I think he might chug Luke Dean in, you know. Do you? For no, for no other reason that it's the one position on the, on the, on the pitch that we've got a bit of depth, haven't we? So I think chop and change. Moreno's had a nice little run. We want to try and keep everyone as fit as possible. Luca Dean could do with probably getting a few more minutes under his belt, especially with Europe on the horizon. So he's, we're going to need him more. So it wouldn't surprise me if Luca Dean starts. I think it is literally a toss of a coin, isn't it? These days between the two, both really good, both pretty consistent, both trusted by the manager. So it could be Luca Dean time, but as I say, toss of a coin. Well, I think we want to get it right. So we're gonna play it safe and we're gonna stick okay. we're gonna stick we're gonna stick with Moreno, I think. I'll stick with um, you, Gaffer. 
Yeah, yeah. Stick stick with my thoughts. Um, I think I think that'll be it. But I want to touch on Longley really because he had a he had a real strong performance against Fulham, and I've been pretty impressed with Longley for the, for the whole yeah. time he's been at Villa, um, and I think this partnership with Pau looks quite comfortable. It looks quite controlled. It looks. It looks like a partnership. Um, Justin's messing with his camera. <laughs> he loves it, doesn't he? I'm um, just trying to get it right first time. Right. So, yeah, long lay we were on about. And um, one interesting point that we've noticed in the last couple of games that we were struggling in, in the Newcastle and the... Um, was it Chelsea? Who else did we lose yeah. to? Newcastle, Chelsea at home, wasn't it? And United. And United. And United, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was how difficult we were playing out from the back at times. And I know Poe adds that. But the goal kicks were a little bit different, weren't they, against Fulham? There, were li- there was a little bit more rotation in there. And I, and I kind yeah. of feel like that's partly because both of them are very, very comfortable on the ball. Um, and I just I just think Longley, it's not put a foot wrong at all. Would you... If we could get wages down, would you sign Longley? Um, oh, it's a good question. I, I'm not sure. I, I think if everybody's fully fit again, you've obviously got. I think Conter and Powell I would put as our as our first choice centre half partnership, and then probably Mings next. Do you know what? I think there's a conversation to have in the summer. To even potentially, if we got a good offering for Carlos and you could maybe get long lay at the right price, there might be a conversation there to maybe do that. I don't really know. I mean, Carlos gives obviously different characteristics for a centre-half, doesn't he? But long lay is more, I think he's more cultured and probably a bit more experienced. Yeah. It's a difficult one. I don't think we need five anyway. That's definite. We don't need five. Yeah, I think I think what I like about him, I think you've used a good word, cultured. I think I would probably say that word is is pretty good for him, really. I think he, I think what it is with Longley and Powell that I liked is that it looks like it suits us on the ball. I think we we looked very good on the ball with them both, um, and and I think what I, what I do notice about him, which. I think he's something that we've really struggled with, is that he gets his head on the end of stuff when we're attacking corners, which I think is something that, apart from Pau, who's who's scored that bullet header against um, Spurs away, we we really should, at times, be quite aggressive on our set pieces. And I don't think we do that. But even at Spurs, Longley was scoring goals for Spurs from set pieces. So I do like that he gets his head on the end of stuff as well. So... Um, yeah, I just thought I'd just mention Longley, but it'd be interesting to to hear the thoughts of of the viewers and you guys at home, what you actually think about Longley and and the defence, because I think you know in the summer there's that sort of nobody wants their best players to leave. I, I think no nobody wants that, do they? But I think it, it is inevitable that I think somebody. He is going to be leaving in the summer, and I think 
wriggle room and, and, and player movement of outs will help us with incoming signings as well. And and I just think that's just the way we are. I think at times, you know, some people don't really like talking about selling players, etc. And, and because it shows that lack of ambition. But I think that there are going to be, I don't know, there's going to be a couple that go, I think, um, and, and moved around and wriggle room. And you mentioned Carlos and, you know, I, I do think he he may be one that that may be one of the ones that that does move around. Um, I, I, yeah, I think what what it will come down to is who fits the manager's mould better as as the, the, the sort of type of player that he wants in the, each position. And obviously, Carlos, I think he's had him before. If I'm right, is it severely maybe played? I don't know, but he. I think currently Longley's abilities suit our game and the way we play better than, than Diego Carlos. And, and Longley's two years younger, probably more experienced, played higher level than like, over the whole of his career. I mean, you know, he's played Sao Paulo, Palista, a couple of P- Portugal, 100 games in France, 100 games in Spain. So he has got a lot of experience, but... I think there's going to be a bit of wheeling and dealing in the summer, and I think that mm-hmm. that, that I think Longley would if we if we needed a centre half to bolster, bolster our ranks. I think after what he's done at Villa, he would be a really good choice if you could get him for the right money and on the right wages. Hundred percent as a backup centre half, hundred percent because I think he's done enough. But if everybody's fully fit and you can't shift, say a Carlos on, if that's what the manager wanted to do. Then I don't think you spend the money on a long lay. For, for, you know, we've been lucky to have him as a fifth choice centre half this season. Mm-hmm. I'm not being disrespectful to him because he only came in because of the injury to Mings, didn't he? Um, so yeah, I, I think he's been a good signing. I do. I really think he's been a good signing, and, and he's he's worth his weight in gold really over the last and hopefully over the next few months. You, you know, without him, I think we'd be in a bit of pickle. Yeah, and, he, and and what I like about him, the, to be fair, this isn't the, the long lay podcast show, by the way, is that it it's kind of settled well. You yeah. know, like some players find it seems to be liked as well, doesn't he? Yeah, like like to be fair, I really like him. I think he's I think he's just got a, a, an aura about him. I just think like you know he's not sort of like a player like that sort of the glitz and the glamour. He just He's just rocked up, started playing, started producing good performances. You, you never really see him on social media. Villa never really put him on social media. It's like he's no. not there, but then he plays. And it's like, what the hell, he's actually like quite good. You know, he's, well, he's it, a bit like that, really. Yeah, I mean, you look at, I think Saturday's game against Fulham really sums up, I think, what a lot of fans think about him. 95% of the game, he was outstanding. His passing was really good. He never gave the ball away. His blocks were good. He was decent in the air. He was a bit of a threat in the opposition box as well. And then he makes, I'm not even going to say it was his mistake. I think it was a 50-50 mistake with him and, and, and Martinez. I think Mar- he expected Martinez to, I think he probably thought there was a bit more on the ball across than there was actually on it. And I think by the time he'd let the keeper come and take it, I'll put it down to being a really good striker as well. He, he nipped in and he, and he made the most of a hesitation between two players. But And so, obviously, then it was, oh, long lies fault, long lies fault. Oh, bloody hell, he's here again. And, it, and 
for me, that didn't dis- disrespect what he did before because I think he had a really, really good game. I think as a partnership, we're very lucky to have him, honestly. <laughs> really lucky to have him. Yeah, I do too. I really like him, as you can tell. Right, so I've kind of put the rest of the team on. McGinn, double pivot with Louise. Ramsey on the left. Watkins up top. Bailey out wide. This next one, I think is probably an area that we could maybe change that up a bit. But it's whether we really want to bring Diaby in or whether we're going to stick with Tielemans. I'd probably imagine we're going to stick with Tielemans. But... You know, I really like the look of that midfield. I think Bailey's going to be a threat. I think Ramsey's going to be a threat. I think, we, like we said in the, the match preview yesterday, that you know they're, they're going to have, they're going to come and have a go. They're not coming. They won't come here and sit back. They're going to try and hit us on the counter. You know, so they're going to have to press us somewhat to win the ball back. Um, and I think there'll be space for Villa to exploit with Ramsey, with, with Bailey with a Tielemans and Watkins as well. And I, and I think that team looks pretty good. So are you going Tielemans or are you going Diaby? I think I always like to, I don't know about you, you know, when you look at a team on paper, so once you see it in front of you, so whoever we put in there, it just looked right. Mm-hmm. Some, it just looks right. And I think if I put Diaby in there now, just stick Diaby yeah. in there. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Let me find him. Where is he? Oh, oh he's down here. Um, he's at the start. Right. Yeah. Right. That doesn't look balanced to me. No. It just doesn't <laughs> look like a balanced team. Where yeah. if you stick Tielemans in, straight away, it yeah. looks right. Do you know what I mean? It just it's looks right she... because... It's probably because you've got glasses on. Well, that's I can actually see him for a start. <laughs> but it just looks right. And I think the position that, that, that Tiedemans picks up there... Hold on, where's Longley? That don't look right. Suits us better. Yeah. There we go. That looks better. So it looks, yeah, I agree. He's an 8-10, isn't he? Whereas Diaby's yeah. a 10-11. He's yeah. a winger slash, you know, more of a winger than, than anything. And... And still, he's searching for his best form, and I think that's still currently our strongest side, obviously. And I still think DRB has got to try and find his form, but I think he's got to try and find his form off the bench still. I think that's where he yeah. he currently sits in the squad. Well, I mean, even against Fulham, um, when I was watching it, I was like, we were getting towards, I think it was towards 70, 75, and I was like, this game needs pace now. We We need... We need an injection or something. Okay, yeah. you bring on a fifty million pound player in Musa Diaby. Okay, there's your pace. Bad, there's your threat. There's your um, live wire that can inject something to the team, and, and I think that's brilliant as well. And it, like Unai says, and like Bailey said, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're playing ten minutes, twenty minutes, or ninety minutes. You've all got a big part to play, and you're all going to be. You know, the reason why at the end of the season when we achieve top four, they're going to be the reasons why we did it. So as a collective, it's all about the team. So our lineup is going to be Martinez, Moreno, Powell, Longley, Cash, McGinn, Louise, Ramsey, Tielemans, Bailey out wide and Ollie Watkins up top. So that's our team to face Nottingham Forest. I think it looks good, doesn't it, Justin? Yeah, I do think it looks good. Um, I think it's... um... Solid. So we've got to be proactive. We've got to 
control the game. We've just got to be positive and let our key men do the business, you know, through the middle and, and Bailey and Watkins and hopefully Tielemans and Ramsey, you know, be the ones ripping apart in the final third. Yeah, definitely. So I want to touch on Morgan Rogers now, a player that we've not really seen much of, but I imagine he's in the classroom watching still images, uh, videos of, of what Unai is expecting him to do when he when he gets onto the pitch. So how do you think he's going to be behind the scenes now with, with Unai? Do, do you imagine it's it's really thorough and they're going through sort of everything that it's going to take for him to become an Aston Villa player? Because that's what it feels like with Unai to me. It feels like we sign a player and then it's like you've got to study how I want you to play. You've got to understand. And once you get into the mindset of Unai and then you start thinking differently and, and following the tactics and the plan and, and everything that he wants you to do, then you slowly start getting integrated into the team. Once you've sort of... I mean, you signed him, so he obviously likes him. Yeah. Start getting that trust and that bond, and and Unai is that connection man, and he like he he talks about the connection with the fans every game, and 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 he, that's what he wants. And I imagine he's like that with the players, but to sort of like a different stratosphere, really. So, um, how do you think he's doing, and what do you think it takes for him to become sort of a player that gets 20, 30, 40, 90 minutes? Yeah. Obviously, like you say, he signed him because he likes his skill set. He like he thinks he, he'll fit really nicely into what we're trying to do. Um, and I think, you know, we haven't had as many minutes as maybe you might have thought up to now. But like you say again, I think it's down to mainly that he's he's just training hard. He's learning the ropes. He's been drilled senselessly in in the in the in the you know the room where they do all the. Um, you know, data-driven stuff. I think he's been bombarded with all the information he needs to, to, to learn and quickly pick up the role that he's been asked to play as quickly as possible. And then I think if I am Morgan Rogers, I, I'm thinking I've got a fantastic opportunity here with, with players out. I can really get some minutes over the next few months, especially when the, the two games a week kicks in with Europe again, because I would imagine he's going to get minutes in those games. So it's up to him to grasp it with two, you know, with two hands, isn't it? I saw him come on against Sheffield United. I was there that night, and he looked lively. He's a big lad. I was surprised how big he was. So he, he offers a threat that way. You know, I did. I quite like Zaniola's physical presence when he was up there, but he hasn't quite lived up to probably the hype that he was hoping for. So because we've signed Rogers, then I think that you would think that he's definitely going to get time off the bench. I mean, our bench Saturday, as far as forwards go. And think people to influence that final third. If if we if we can't open teams up, it's it's Diaby, Rogers, and Zaniolo. That that's it, isn't it? Everything else is defensively or midfield wise. So I think you know Derby's generally been the go-to person to, to swap with with um, with Bailey. So I think in the other two sort of positions in that front four behind, well, front three behind Watkins, that the Tielemans slash. Ramsey role, then I think he Rogers can play both of those positions. So if I'm him, I'm thinking I'm really going to be. And I think Saturday's an ideal game for him. If we can get a couple of goals ahead, maybe by half time, I think he'll get minutes. And I think I think Uno would want to get him minutes in the team now to get him 
blooded in as quickly as possible and to get him to feel... Because don't forget, he's jumped a league as well. He's jumped up a league into the Premier League. So he will definitely be wanting to get as many minutes as he can to feel as acclimatised to the Premier League as, he, as, as, as quickly as possible. So I've got high hopes for him. I think, I think he's going to be a good signing. It wasn't a lot of money, so he doesn't have that price tag hanging around his neck every time he comes on the pitch people thinking oh god oh god you know he's, he was so he was how much was he how much is he on a week so he comes with less um pressure i think on in that respect so i think he's just got to be confident and when he's given his chance grasp it with two hands you know a young kid playing in this villa team it, it's going to be a dream hasn't it has indeed, has indeed. So shout out to AVFC Stato. Justin gave you the Nottingham Forest. Yes, sorry, stat, I so didn't. Um... You can go and check him out on Twitter or X, <laughs> as you call it. So, right. So let's move on then to uh, the final talking point that we want to talk about is top four slash relegation battle. We're going to have a little bit of a chat about both of those. We'll kick it off then with the relegation battle first. Um, as you can see, we are on the GOAT football app sofa score. Um, so we've got Sheffield United on 13 points, Burnley on 13, Luton on 20, Everton on 20, who look like they might get some points added on. Um, so their 10 points gets reduced, so they'll get points added on. Forest maybe getting points deducted, so they'll get some deducted off that. Palace, 25, new manager. I would imagine that that's a stretch of Palace going down now. So it looks like it's one of three of Forest, Everton and Luton. Justin, what have you made of the of the relegation battle? Who do you think is going down then? It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because there's a few down there that are scrabbling around for, for, for form and, and points at the moment. But, I mean, the bottom two look... Dare I say it, done and dusted. They just can't pick up wins for, for, for love and money at the moment. Um, I'm just looking at the last five guys' form guide and West Ham are down there, the bottom of the form guide, two points in the last five games. And then Burnley, who just can't pick a win up from anywhere. Bournemouth are struggling. To be honest, the bottom 10 in the form guide they haven't got more than five points out of the last five games. So there's lots of teams around there that, that, that are struggling, but there's a few that have probably done enough. Wolves have surprised me. I think they've done fantastically well with the new manager, especially with what he had to inherit with so many players leaving. Fulham, I think, have got enough quality. I watched them Saturday. I think they've probably got enough points already. Um, Bournemouth, probably as well. And then you'd like to probably think Brentford have as well because their track record is they've got, you know, they're decent side, Brentford, and they can beat anybody on their day. And I'd say from Palace downwards, I'd be worried if I was any. Um, uh, 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 oh, I would, I'd be worried. Uh, <laughs> His new cameras let him down. <laughs> uh, I'd be worried if I was anywhere from Palace downwards. I think. Um, I think you know they've just changed the manager. Obviously, Palace uh, only could sort of salvage the point, didn't they? Everton dragged them back uh, and got a point the other night. I think the bottom two are gone, and then it's one from the next four. That's how I see Yeah. I think Sheffield, done and dusted. Burnley, I mean, he, he the thing is with company at the minute, he's not, he's not changed his style, and I think that's been a big problem. I think recruitment has been a big problem for Burnley. The fact that he's not 
sort of shored it up and, and changed his approach a bit. I mean, fair play to him for sticking to his philosophy and his principles. But I think sometimes you need to have that little bit of adaptation, versatility to your game to to just mix it up a bit. And, and I think that's going to be their downfall. Luton, I, I, I hope they stay up. I, I love watching Luton. I think, I think you know, their manager's done an absolutely remarkable job. Um, and yeah, I think I think Everton, I still think Everton are in a bit of a bit of trouble, really. The results just aren't, they're just not getting wins, are they? And I yeah. think Forest, I think they play a bit more attacking football. So yeah, I think it's one of those. If someone, if I had to predict who it was probably going to be, I'd, I'd probably say Luton still, you know. I just I, think... I, I, I think one of the factors I always look at for teams to get relegated is if you can't score goals, you're in big trouble. And that yeah. bears out from the bottom two. They've got the worst two goals for in the whole league, 22 and 25. But the next worst two are Everton and Palace. Now, if Everton do get a few points added on, that's going to help them massively. But if you can't score goals, you're in big trouble. And, and Palace really rely heavily on Elise and, and, and Eze, don't they? But up top, I don't think they've got a lot up top. So I would be worried about Crystal Palace. And if the new manager doesn't hit the ground running, yeah, you know, I think they could be in trouble. And I think, dare I say, it, Forest could be in trouble as well. Yeah, because I watched them but, and I think, well, they look decent. Forest did, but but the, you know, the, the 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 points tally there tells me that they're not, are they? You know, they're fifth bottom. Yeah. So there we go. There's the relegation. Let's have a look at sort of like top four then of of, of how we, we look at that picture at the minute. Um, yeah. I think top four, if I had to look at it and say who's out of the race, I think it is from, it is from sixth place, I think. I don't, I don't see Brighton getting enough points to, to mount a serious charge to, to try and catch Villa at the minute. Uh, Newcastle out of it as well, uh, so it's sixth, fifth, fourth, and you know I think if you're Villa, I think you still still kind. Although we've got you know a battle of three teams, you still got to look up that table a little bit because I think you know we, we we hear about a lot of injuries to Liverpool. We've heard about it all week, but Jota is a big blow for them to be out because he's the one that in Salah's absence he's been the one that's sort of been dragging their form a little bit. So he's a blow. You've got Trent, Sabozlai, Allison's out. So how are they going to cope in the next couple of games? If Villa have some big results, are they going to drop down the league a little bit? And are they going to become in that sort of top four race? Who knows? You know, so uh, United, my view on them is if they play how they're playing now and continue this form that they're on of playing crap and winning, they won't make top four. They cannot play the way they are for the next 13 games and get top four. No chance. Absolutely no chance. Um, so I don't see that happening. And Spurs, I think, again, I think they're, I think they're a good team, but are they a bit one-dimensional? That He plays the same way every single week. And I think, again, that's going to be part of their problem. And and if I'm looking at Spurs' fixtures, you know, we're going a little bit further ahead now. There's there's a run of games, and we spoke about this the other day, is the fact that if Villa can get in front of Spurs when they 
don't play this. They don't play this weekend, do they? Because of the final. No. So if we can get five points in front of Spurs, and then we play them after they've played a game and we've played our game against Basically. Luton, that's an eight-point swing there. And then you look at these fixtures that they've got towards the end of the season. So they've got Liverpool away, Arsenal at home, Man City at home, Newcastle away. Those four games there in a row, you know, they're not going to win all four of them games. They're not going to do that. So I think it's going to be pivotal. If we can beat Spurs, then I'd be very, very confident that we're going to get minimum of at least fifth. What are you saying? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be brutally honest now. I don't think we can finish higher than fourth. I think that's gone. I think that little run of form just after Christmas and over Christmas is done for us there, which in the bigger scheme of things would have been unbelievable, wouldn't it, if that had have happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm not massively upset about that. It would have been lovely to go on and, and, and sort of and, and get top four, but... I think it is between the three teams, isn't it, now, for, for, for fourth and fifth. Um, I'm hoping that, that, that we do the business in Europe so that fifth position becomes Champions League as well, and that will help massively. Um, Man United worry me. They only worry me, really, because they are playing poorly and winning. But if they suddenly started playing well, and that form continued... I don't think they've got it in them though. I, 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 I can't see where that comes from. Like what? No. What can they do that's going to improve the way that they they go about it? I mean, they were tuning up against Luton and inside seven minutes, and you're like, you're kind of like, okay, they're going to absolutely smash them here, and they were really poor. And like you you mentioned yeah. about the goal, you mentioned about the goals there. So you're saying so Luton have scored one more goal less than Manchester United this season. No, I agree. I, 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 I'm just saying if they suddenly hit a bit of a purple patch, they're playing poorly and winning. I still think we'll finish above all. I still think fourth place is, is ours. Um, I, the, the next three games are massive. I think if I'm, not, I'm going ahead of myself, we win our next three, we finish fourth. That's how big they are because we're going to open up a big gap to Spurs. Man United have, have tried to, to close that gap, but, but I can't see them winning the next three. So we would go back to eight, nine or 10 or 11 points clear of them. And then you're into the last nine games of the season. And, and if we've got um, a six or seven point gap over fifth from where we are, I think that gives us enough, enough momentum to, to finish the season and, and give us that something to fight over to finish in fourth place. I agree, Brighton and Newcastle downwards are just too big. We'd have to literally, our form would have to fall off a cliff mm-hmm. for us to finish any lower than sixth. But for me, next three games, absolutely monumental in our season. And if we can win all three, I think fourth place is ours. <laughs> love it, love it. I love talking about the Premier League as well, not just really. It's... Um... It's it's interesting. What do you make of um? So I'll pick a couple of teams and I'll, I'll I'll ask you for your thoughts on a couple of teams. Then West Ham with David Moyes. I don't think he'll be their manager next season. No, definitely not. What about what about this... will he be there? Will he be their manager at the end of this season? It all depends on how he finishes the season, doesn't it? I think uh, there's definite. Uh, 
dis, disharmony there. I think there's probably that it's just such a shame because he, he's won him a European bloody trophy. So it, it, it is a shame. But I definitely feel like they probably want to go in a different direction. It'd be one of those, you know, we thank David Moyes for his work at West Ham. We'll never forget the, the, the Europa League win, uh, but we just feel like we want to go in another direction because there's no real reason there to fire him because they're going to finish mid-table. But mm-hmm. I, they're just, I don't know. I think after last season, they would have hoped to probably be where we are and push on. And But then they obviously lost Declan Rice and they haven't probably replaced him as well as they would have hoped. So it's one of them, I think. They probably would have hoped for a bit better this season. Um, finally then, who's going to win the league? Oh. Man City. Mm, I think so too. They're just like, I mean, you can see that they're currently playing at the minute, but um, they're just like, not even playing as good as what they physically no. can. And they're, and they're still there. They're still, you know, just purring along. And you look at like Arsenal, who are having like a really great season, like, you know, their fans are absolutely buzzing about Arsenal, but Man City are just like a point behind them, just chilling, like with like the handbrake on and like just Pep's just sort of like rotating like Oscar Bobbing and just yeah. doing his normal little stuff. And he's just like, they're, they're just a different beast, aren't they? They're just too good, and they, they remind me very much of Manchester United under Ferguson. Where when the when the shit hits the fan, they that they start turning up. You know, this running is when they'll start hitting top gear, and they haven't been at their best by a long stretch. But that should beat Brentford tonight. Then they've got Bournemouth in the league. You'd think they'd win that one pretty comfortably. Then they have got some tricky games after that in the Premier League. They go away to Man City. They go. They're at home to Man United. Hopefully, they'll win that one. Uh, and then they go pivotal game away at Liverpool, but they've got a lot of injuries now. So you know, and they've still got to play Arsenal, but they go to the Etihad. So you'd think they'd win that one. We've got to go there. That's going to be a tricky game for them. But after that, the running they've got Palace, Luton, Forest, Wolves, Fulham, and West Ham. It's not a difficult running. So if they can get through these next few difficult fixtures, I think it's going to be very difficult to stop them. Yes, it is indeed. Right, so a little bit longer than normal. I thought we'd just mix it up and have a little bit of a, a football chat as well. I think a lot of you will have will have enjoyed it. So put your thoughts in the comment section down below. Next up, we're going to have the opposition preview with Wolfie from uh, Forest Fan TV, which I imagine is going to be lively. Um, and then we'll have a press conference and fan cams as well. So cheers, everyone, for watching. Up the hill,